This is part two of episode 134 with Michelle Manu, William Christopher Ford, and my profile of Neil Simon. I'm Mark Sevy. This is Plot Points Podcast. You go now, unless you, I, you can. I'll tell you what. I'm going to start uh, my Neil Simon profile, and um, you can either you know stick around if you if you can. And if not, um, just thank you. Have my sincere and deepest thanks for giving up your lunch hour um, to be with us. And um, as always, you're you're a great friend. And um, we got we got a cop coming to the next um, OC Film and Television event. He's a he's you know him. It, Jeff Walker is coming. He's going to talk about. You know, being a cop and and um, uh, what it what the reality of the 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 stuff is compared to what you see on television and in the movies. So um, that's on September crap nineteenth, I think. Um, so I hope you can come to that because um, you've come to a. I'd love to. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's always good to see you. Um, Robert was Robert Samo was very disappointed not to see you last time. So. <laughs> I couldn't. I was tra- I was traveling to Northern California to teach for four days. So, yeah, I and I just got back from teaching Tuesday. I worked all day Wednesday, Wednesday night. That was my only chance. And it's still, I ended up getting three hours of sleep and traveling on to the next, you know, the first flight out that morning. You know, I, I can't, I, I wish I could have come, but I need to make sure I have all my weapons and everything. So it's, of course. it takes a lot, you know, to be prepared. Um, I've, I've seen pictures of you packing before you've, you've posted pictures of you packing and it's like, the whole bed is covered with these incredibly difficult uh, to, uh, to think about weapons <laughs> like shark teeth and, and uh, but yeah. pointy things and those ropes. I hate those ropes, Michelle. Don't bring those ropes. <laughs> I can't stand well, see, that goes back to the beginning where that was one of the women's favorite weapons back in the ancient times. See, yeah. so it is it's dangerous. You wouldn't think, what is that? It's not, it's, well, that's not going to do anything. Oh, it's so beautiful. I love well, it. Thank you so much for having me. Well, before you go, mention, um, mention the, cause you keep saying you're teaching, you're doing seminars, you're doing, tell us what it, what it is exactly. Cause I know she is very important to you and you've got, uh, you've got some things coming up. So do, do, uh, I know you're a very humble human being, but do a little bit of self-promotion for me, please. <laughs> so I don't have to. Uh, I think you could do better. Um, I'm pretty bad at this. I probably should learn. I, I got a kick in the head from a couple of powerful women a couple of weeks ago saying, you know, you are an influencer and people are asking for videos. So let's get this going. And Good she is superhero experience. It's uh, women's empowerment. It's really turned into empowerment for the non-martial woman, woman. But the martial women have been taken, have been asked to teach at certain martial air um, events and it really brings it down to what is going to what's going to happen on the street there is no respectful uh, 30 seconds to respond to uh, an attack or asking that person to do it again on the street so mm-hmm. right. it, it's a bringing the hammer and the crowbar and the the zip ties and using the hula to learn the movements to then for them convert to convert it into con- contact mm-hmm. so it, it's been really um my gosh, powerful uh, with the responses of women finding that warrior energy, being comfortable with it, and then transferring it so and focusing it. So I have the next one uh, on, it's a week from Sunday. It's at CKO uh, Fitness. It's a kickboxing gym in Simi Valley, and it's almost sold out. A lot of, uh, there's a couple of women from the industry and stunt women coming also, um, to learn because they're so used to not making contact. They want to learn how to make contact. Mm-hmm. And so that will happen in Simi Valley on the 9th of September. And, um, 
I teach weekly, uh, private only at, at Shuyukan Martial Arts Center in Costa Mesa. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, there's, there's some other events that aren't, uh, finalized yet, but a couple I'm really looking forward to is Switzerland in May of next year and it's called the Path of the Divine Feminine. And we're embracing and uh, taking inventory on, uh, what really makes, what's our makeup, physical, mental, emotional, relational, vocational, everything that, uh, us as spirits need to evaluate to make sure that we're not off balance. And if we are, we can readily identify that and know what we need to provide to ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's exciting. And then right before that is Louisville, where it seems as though my host has secured the mayor to make an appearance and welcome <laughs> the arts of the kingdom of Hawaii. And uh, that includes a, a kid's fair where I'm teaching uh, boys and girls. Um, and uh, corporate sponsors are being secured, as well as a gallery where I'll be able to sell some of my weaponry and the image book and actually hold a lecture. And uh, she, of course, will take place, and the Girl Scouts are inquiring. So, And, of course, to teach the hula and the lua open hands and weaponry. So some really exciting things to look forward to. And besides uh, locking myself, I would really like to limit my travel towards the end of fourth quarter here and really lock myself in the wood shop and, and get out those 11 full sets of trainer weapons as well as four special weapons that have been requested. So I'm, you know, we talk about balance and that brings balance to me. So I need to find that. So yeah, I love that's what's going that, on. I love the fact that you know your way around the wood shop as well as, uh, as anyone does. That's pretty, pretty, pretty impressive because you make your own weapons, right? I have to, yeah. There's Alohi, uh retired, mm-hmm. and so there is nowhere else to get these this, these weapons. And I really don't want to use someone else's. I want to know that they were made with good intent, that they fall into the right hands, and they're not misused. And mm-hmm. I know we can't, you know, it's like saying, you know, a gun that you think everyone's gonna, if it's made well, you know, no one's gonna misuse it. But I mean, truly, that is the culture and it's the protocol. It's the way it was always done. The intent of the maker. Mm-hmm. Um, that energy should be trapped into the wood. And in a metaphysical sense, and well, Hawaiians are I don't very, know. yeah, Hawaiians are very animistic, and that's appropriate for a Hawaiian weapon. It's absolutely appropriate. So, hmm. I should also mention that uh, Michelle is the only female that was uh, inducted as a knight of knight commander of the Royal Order of Kamehameha. So that's quite an honor. That's quite an accomplishment. Um, you're Alohe, and you should be both very proud of yourself. Well, wow, that was a, that's a tremendous honor. I can't even be a member because I'm not male, but yet to actually be elevated to the, the status commander. of a knight commander, it, it really kicked it up from, I'm just a kumu and I'm just teaching. I hate that word just, just but, yeah. um, you know, it, it, it now magnified it into the kingdom. I, I have a duty now, if you were to read on the Royal Order of uh, Kamehameha the first. Uh, what they stand for is to promote, protect, and perpetuate the culture. So it is, it completely elevated me to an entirely different level in which I embrace and I try not to get overwhelmed. And it's a fine line to walk sometimes uh, mm-hmm. because they are, you know, the world is seeing a female warrior for the first time coming out of the kingdom. And, 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 and even some in the kingdom are, um, uh, not offended, but they're just, you know, the, the, the shock is there. Like, what? Right. what? Oh, okay. Uh, so it takes people some time to kind of warm up mm-hmm. to really what they're seeing. Mm-hmm. So it's an honor to be, uh, to have been prepared for this since my first breath. I can look back now and know that this 
all of these instances, desired and undesired, have prepared me for this. And I, and you know, people are right. I have to be a little bit crazy to endure and to survive it <laughs> and to actually make waves and to make a difference and to shake people's perceptions up to say, well, what if? Right. And that's really just my job. Right. You know, um, so well, yeah, it, I'm, I'm honored. So now you do it so extremely well. You're humble, you're lovable, you're powerful. Um, you're frightening at times. Uh, I mean, you're <laughs> <laughs> the shit out of me. So oh. you're, you're wonderful. You have, you're so warm and uh, lovely. And um, I mean, I just, it, it's a, it's a true honor to know you and to, uh, to have shared a little bit of uh, our journey together. So I hope more, yeah. more much more to come. And uh, I, yeah. uh, I thank you for being on the podcast. If you're, if you're around, that's fine. If you're going to go, that's fine too. But thank you again for sharing some time with us. Thank you. William, I love you. Love you too. Thank you so much. Thank you. Okay. Have a good time. All right. Take care. All right. Bye. <laughs> so, uh, you know, William, before we get into Neil Simon, um, the she, Michelle mentioned being, I don't know if she mentioned, like if she said disrespected, but certainly I, you know, in anybody's journey, there's some rain that must fall and some disapproval and stuff. Have you had, I mean, has it been difficult for you along the, along the road and along your path? Uh, in regards to martial arts, martial arts or film mm -hmm. or yeah. Yes, of course. Um, you know, I, you know, in this industry, you deal with a lot of rejection. Um, that could possibly be misinterpreted as disrespect. And mm -hmm. you know, sometimes it's just a matter of, well, you know, we, we don't really see how you fit in and how you can make us money at this point in time. You know, which that's a good point. Yeah. Nobody ever says, but that's, you know, really the bottom line oftentimes in business. Um, but you know, um, it, along with the martial arts, you know, there are people who, you know, it's easy to sit there and criticize people when they're not doing what you're doing. Mm -hmm. I, probably have been criticized i'm too soft on the kids you know why are they laughing in class it's like well we're having a good time and and i'm laughing because of the, the, the sure joy that i'm getting out of being able to do something that i love i i um, love the pictures you post with the kids they're they're some of my favorite pictures because you can tell those kids love you love the hell out of you so it wow. must it must be part of what who you are as a person i tell you, there was, um, you know, without the families and the kids, we have no dojo, you know, and, um, mm -hmm. really, really, we are indebted to them for, um, allowing us to do what we do and yeah. do what we love. And so, um, you know, but disrespect, sure, you know, it, it's, it's there, but you know, sometimes it's a matter of how you handle it, you know, and sometimes it comes out of mis misunderstanding, mis misinterpretation. And if we take the time to actively listen to somebody and put ourselves in their shoes, oftentimes it turns, the conversation turns in a different direction, you yeah. know, where it's like, you know what, I'm sorry. And, you know, and I've done that before where I've jumped the gun, especially on Facebook, where it's really easy to just type <laughs> something. And then, you know, uh, I, I've, I found myself going, wow, I'm doing the same thing that I, you know, I hate other people doing. And I did that to somebody once and I said, you know what, I'm, sorry i apologize you know i i overreacted to that and then it totally changed the um the dynamic of the conversation <laughs> yeah i mean i guess i have a different i mean i've been i've been i i don't mind rejection um it's part of the business of what you're doing in hollywood because you may not be what they're looking for or whatever there's a lot of reasons for people not to not to buy your product whatever that is 
but I've, I've had some real, uh, very difficult uh, moments. So it, it, total disrespect. Um, but you know, it made me stronger and I, I tend not to dwell on it for that long. So I have a feeling probably you're just being generous because although, you know, you're a different, you're a slightly different angle, you, your face and your physicalness sells your, your product, um, which, you know, is a great product. You, when you get out there on the stage, you have a certain look, you have a certain movement. Did you do a Western? Uh, I did a Western short for, uh, USC. Oh, okay. Uh, which was a lot of fun. That, that uh, allowed me, that gave me my Sergio Leone moment. <laughs> um, I'm a fan of Once Upon a Time in the West. Of course. What a great film. Yeah. And, and of course the, you know, the, the, the Eastwood, um, uh, spaghetti westerns. Yeah. Good, bad, and the ugly and, uh, man with no, yeah, all that stuff. Sure. But Once Upon a Time in the West is really epic. I, and, I agree. Yeah. Well, Sergio Leone brought in, brings in, usually is my favorite composer, which is Ennio Morricone. Yes. Man, that guy is, he's got like 400 credits on IMDb. What a, what a career. What a life. But who would have thought of casting Henry Fonda as the villain? And my God. Absolutely. It's amazing. (laughs) No, you're right. And, and, uh, a lot of that stuff was so disreal. You know, he's, Leone's like, Corman, you know, when you, when you talked to, when people in the industry talked about Corman, um, they, it was more like, a, you know, a conversation about disregard, but the guy's incredible. You know, the, what a career and what a, what an amazing thing. We both know what it takes to make a movie and it, for him to have made as many as he did is just amazing. But Leone's the same way. Those were movies at the time. I don't think they were respected that much, but they, they have a hellacious, uh, it's like dropping a, a stone in the pond. Mm. It's not the, it's not the, the initial contact. It's the way the ripples that uh, create the, uh, the greatness in it. So, you know, and I will say this, Mark, real quickly is that, sure. um, you know, it's, it's easy for people to criticize other True. people's work, but you know, when they haven't done anything themselves per se, it's like, well, uh, a screenplay finished is better than an idea in somebody's head. Yeah. That's true. You know what? And maybe it's not that good, mm. but, it's done and you can always make it better. And um, I have much more respect for somebody who's like, look, I've written, you know, three screenplays and I may read them and going, Ooh, you know what? And didn't really care for it. And, you know, but you know what? I got to give you credit for doing it. You know, um, it's very easy for people to just say, Oh, this is crap. You mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. well, did you, have you written anything? Have you yeah. done anything? You know, and, and no, then, that's true. You know, oftentimes it's not, you know, so it, I mean, it hurts more when it's actually people that you admire and who, you know, you, you hope likes your work and then they, t- and they crap on you. That's like, Ooh, wow. I'm being, you know, dumped on by my heroes. Right. But you know, even that you kind of have to take with a grain of salt. That's absolutely true. We're great words of wisdom. Um, I'll try to remember them next time somebody does that to me, but it's hard for me. I'm Italian. I, you know, I have a temper and I have a, uh, a, a visceral response to. And God bless you for that. You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I mean, I, it's probably what's led to me not becoming the writer that I think I am because, um, I've, I've burned a lot of bridges in the past, but. Well, at least we always know where we stand with you, Mark, you know. <laughs> Well, that's true. <laughs> Something to be said for that, you know. <laughs> that's true. I have to, but I got to learn to be more political. So that's, you know, I lost a couple of people on Facebook. I know you and I are Facebook friends, but um, I lost a couple of people on Facebook because of my political rantings. Um, so, uh, you know, I got to, I may have to moderate some of that in the future, but uh, we'll see. 
it can be tough when you know when you have a business or you know other another career you know um if your if your personal facebook is just your personal facebook yeah. then that's one thing but you know it's it's very difficult when it bleeds into other things um myself you know it's like look I, you know I, I can't i can't even go there because you know I just yeah can't. you you cannot no i yeah i agree and you know so but, but i get it you know it, it's a place for people to be able to to vent and to rant and I, th- I think it gets out of hand sometimes because of, you know, the nature of the platform. But, right. you know, well, it is I've, yeah. I've learned to moderate, um, and not to, not to knee jerk my responses, mm. uh, until I, fi- until I follow up. You know, I think we all learned a great lesson, uh, in the last couple of years about not knee jerking everything and having it turn out to be a Russian, you know, oligarch who posted it or something like that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. 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 All right, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about Neil Simon. Like I said, um, I I have a, a prepared uh, focus thing. You're you know feel free to interrupt if you if you have something to add or to say, and then certainly we'll talk about it after I'm done with it. But I appreciate you sticking around to want to do this. This is great. I appreciate. I can it. I can stay for a few more minutes. And um, while I have not been affected by him as much as you and maybe some of your other listeners who mm-hmm. are writers, mm-hmm. I will say that. Um, as a child, um, The Odd Couple was on TV, the, yeah. uh, the TV series with Jack Klugman and Tony Randall. And my father used to watch it all the time. And he used to just, he, he would, I mean, I was like, Dad, what are you laughing at so much? You know? <laughs> and, you know, while the series itself was written by other writers, you know, it was inspired by The Odd Couple play, which, you know, became a movie with uh, Walter Matthau and Jack Lemmon, I believe. And then, uh, you know, so that was kind of a, a byproduct of, you know, Simon. And, um, I'm kind of fond of Biloxi blues, you know, oh, so yeah. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna leave it at that and then let you take it away. Okay. No, that's great. Uh, great comments. And those are certainly, um, very impressive, both plays and movies. So, um, because this podcast is martial arts themed, I had intended to do a martial arts history segment here. But when a writer is accomplished and celebrated as Neil Simon dies, you push everything aside and you honor him. Simon shaped uh, plays in movie comedy perhaps like no other. His name is synonymous with hits from The Goodbye Girl to The Odd Couple and so many more. He was born Marvin Neil Simon in New York. Financial difficulties from the Great Depression didn't make for a happy home life. Simon fled the family conflicts to movie theaters to watch the likes of Charlie Chaplin, Butcher Keaton, and Harold Lloyd, transferring his pain into laughter. He said later that his comedy writer also masked his childhood unhappiness, transforming it into something that could be dealt with. Simon's early career was honed with such comedy, comedy luminaries as Carl Reiner, Mel Brooks, Woody Allen, Sid Caesar in, uh, in the amazing, I guess I've never seen it, show uh, called in the 50s show called Your Show of Shows, and also with Nate Hyken, I think I'm pronouncing that right, on the Phil Silver Show in the late 50s. In 1961, Simon's play Come Blow Your Horn was a smash on Broadway, running for hundreds of performances. The hits came quickly after that with Barefoot in the Park in 1963 and The Odd Couple in 1965, both of which were also made into films. Barefoot in the Park, the movie, starred two very young actors who would go on to mega success, Robert Redford and Jane Fonda. The Odd Couple, which uh, Sensei um, Ford mentioned, which won a Tony Award on Broadway, was directed by the legendary Mike Nichols. 
the movie specifically catapulted Sam, Simon's career and became a pairing that also served many movies later by putting the grumpy Walter Manthau with the fussy Tony Randall, Tony Randall in a perfect delivery of the concept that Neil Simon had created. Simon's plays were hugely successful. He became the most celebrated comedy playwright on Broadway with Sweet Charity, The Star-Spangled Girl, and The Odd Couple and Barefoot in the Park running simultaneously. That's amazing. Although Simon was vastly creative, he also adapted other material to the stage, including a screenplay by Federico Fellini and the movie The Apartment by Billy Wilder. What I found interesting is that Simon was also tapped to script doctor other plays like A Chorus Line. It doesn't seem to me that there was anything he couldn't do. With all the success, Simon never assuaged his fears from childhood. He he's, was quoted as saying, did I relax and watch my boyhood, boyhood ambitions being fulfilled before my eyes? Not if you were born in the Bronx, in the Depression, in Jewish, you don't. I specifically totally understand, and I think that's what makes a great anything, the inability to be satisfied. Simon, uh, which, I mean, for me, that's, that's a watchphrase for me. I'm never satisfied. Simon was also an accomplished screenwriter. His IMDb page uh, shows 101 writing credits, mostly for the adaptations of his plays like The Odd Couple into three TV series. But notable films he wrote were The Out of Towners, Murder by Death, and The Goodbye Girl, which was adapted from his play. All in all, he received four Academy Award nominations for his screenplays, which I didn't know. Simon never took screenwriting to heart, though, like he did plays. He was quoted as saying, I always feel more like a writer when I'm writing a play because of the tradition of the theater. There is no tradition of the screenwriter unless he's also the director, which makes him an auteur. So I really feel that I'm writing for posterity with plays, which have been around since the Greek times. Now, as much as I respect Mr. Simon, I wholly and totally disagree with that statement, but I understand it. In closing, I'm just going to read this verbatim from Wikipedia regarding Neil Simon's awards. Quote, Simon held three honorary degrees, a Doctor of Humane Letters from Hofstra, a Doctor of Letters from Marquette, and a Doctor of Law from Williams College. In 1983, Simon became the only living playwright to have a New York City theater named after him. The Alvin Theater on Broadway was renamed the Neil Simon Theater in his honor, and he was an honorary member of the Walnut Street Theater's Board of Trustees. Also in 1983, Simon was inducted into the American Theater Hall of Fame. In 1965, he won a Tony Award for Best Playwright for The Odd Couple, and in 1975, a special Tony Award for his overall contribution to American theater. Simon won the 1978 Golden Globe Award for Best Motion Picture Screenplay for The Goodbye Girl. For Brighton Beach Memoirs, he was awarded the New York Drama Circle Critics, a Critics Circle Award, followed by another Tony Award for Best Play of 1985, The Loxy Blues. In 1991, he won the Pulitzer Prize along with the Tony Award for Lost in Yonkers. In 2006, he received the Mark Twain Prize for American Humor. End quote. Neil Simon's legacy is vast and enduring. He's one of the most accomplished writers in modern American history. His anger-filled and disturbing childhood shaped what has become a true blessing for us all. Neil Simon was 91 when he died. I'm going to close now, and um, my sincere thanks to Michelle Manu, um, who had to go back to work, and so she ended her session. But uh, William Christopher Ford, you are a true master, even if you won't accept that uh, from anybody. Your 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 humility, your skill, um, your knowledge, your intelligence, 
that if anything, if nothing else, William, you're a true master at being a human being. <laughs> that's that's one of the nicest things anyone's ever said. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Well, you know, again, we don't know each other that well, but a man is what he does, not what he says, mm. and um, or any human being. But um, I see your actions through Facebook and the influence you've had on. Like I said, with I've never seen happier kids at a martial arts dojo uh, <laughs> than the ones, and and you you go out of your way to to feature them, um, which I think is great. I think I love working with kids. They're just they accept everything. You know, they just you tell them to do something and they and they just do it, and they're great at it. Um, so it's always a pleasure. Is there anything else you'd like to mention before we uh, we call it a day? Yes, sir. A um, couple of things. Um, you know, I'm I'm also. I directed a, a short film with uh, my uh, partner's uh, Kurt Abduhan, who is the cinematographer. And um, we did a film called The Last Dojo, which was uh, done in the last um, days of Fumio Demura's dojo. And that's coming out later this year. Oh, wow. But I would also like to... Um, I would also like to uh, check out some of your writers' events sometimes. You know, you mentioned it earlier... And um, I'd like to go check it out sometime. I'd, um, we'd love to have you. I'll make I'll, I'll make a fuss if you come in. So be prepared to be prepared to for me to you know just gush over you. So that's my, <laughs> I'm going to give you that warning. I'm going to tell you right now. Well, I hope it's a, a coffee a coffee friendly environment because you know that is the my my drug of choice. <laughs> yeah. Well. Okay. So the thank you for uh, giving me that perfect uh, segue so that I can inform you, but also our audience. So we, we are Plot Points Podcast, but Orange County Screenwriters Association and OC Film and Television. And, um, we do events both at the Claim Jumper, where we have a luncheon, or, uh, every third Wednesday, um, we have down in Costa Mesa between, on 18th, like around 18th Street, there's a, a coffee shop called C3 Vape and Coffee. And we have various networking events. Um, we have all kinds of different industry people. Uh, in fact, uh, William, if you want to come, maybe we'll book you for 2019. You can be a speaker there. That would be great. You can maybe even do a little demonstration and uh, you can kick my ass. Michelle has already done that. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> she hit me so hard with that damn wooden pedal, uh, paddle or hers. My God, the woman's insane. Well, how about we do something different and how about you, uh, I, I let you beat me up and that no, would no, be no. something really cool, you know? <laughs> not, no such thing. That's not happening, but, uh, thank you for offering. Or you know, even better, let's bring a little kid, and that little kid could beat us both up. Okay, I, I'm all for that. I'm all for that. Yeah, this is this is um, the the coffee shop. The, the place that we hold it is a coffee shop. It's C three Vape and Coffee. So co- coffee. So every third Wednesday we do another event. So this this next uh, one will be with uh, Jeff Walker, Sensei Jeff Walker from David Dye's uh, Dojo, okay. and perhaps David will even um, consider being a special guest, uh, which would be great. And then the, we're going to do one in October and then we're off for the rest of the year because the third week in November is Thanksgiving and the third yeah. week in December is near Christmas. So, Got it. Um, but then we'll start back up again in January, uh, January 19th. So just if you ever want to know what's going on, you can always follow us at, uh, I mean, you can join the uh, newsletter for OC screenwriters or we have meetup groups or just watch my Facebook page. I pretty much, uh, post a lot of stuff there. Um, but I'd be happy to let you know, you know, give you a, give you a heads up when we're doing something. It'd be great to have you. Yeah. I, I think I, I feel a kinship with you guys and I'm you know beginning writer myself. And sometimes I, I need, uh, I need pointers or, or you know, inspirations. So oh, hell yeah. Yeah. It's kind of great to hang out with, uh, you know, a group of, uh, you know, like-minded individuals who are doing the same thing. 
it, they, I mean, my, I started OC Screenwriters nine years ago and it was for the express purpose of bringing people in Orange County into that networking that seems to occur naturally up in Hollywood. You know, you walk into a liquor store in Hollywood and somebody's got a script they're handing you, right? But down here, it's not so much. So I've always wanted this kind of community and networking. And so this is what OC Screenwriters is about. Uh, but you should also know that my screenwriting classes are starting up at Orange Coast College um, in a couple of weeks. September 18th is the intermediate class and September 20th is the intro class. So if you're at all interested in in uh, taking a class on on script writing, um, I'm your guy. I you. uh, yeah, come on down. Uh, I'd love to see you there. It's a great class. It's it's programmed. Some of it may be a little bit um, basic for you because I never know who's going to walk through the door. So I start with this is a script. This is a this is fade in, uh, and then by the end of the class, we're writing our own work. So. Um, well, you know what? It's, you know, I learn from everybody and you know what? I'm going to put the white belt on and, uh, <laughs> you know, and let's, let's, let's learn some things, man. You know? Absolutely. I, I think the, I think the key to aging at any age is, is just to stay curious and stay involved and engaged. I don't, un- I don't understand retirement. I don't understand vacations. I don't understand any of that. So, um, <laughs> I hear you. Anyway, um, you're you're a true gem. I I I thank you so much for uh for for spending this time with us. Um, I'm sorry, did I cut you off? Was there something else? No, I, I just wanted to thank you for having me on the show. It, you know, it truly was an honor and a pleasure. And thank you for thank you for including me. I appreciate oh, that. Yeah, I I love your I love the concept of 52 masters. Um, and I you know we didn't really get a chance to go through everything about that, but I hope people get the uh, the impetus to. To, to go to the website, to go to the YouTube page, to check you out and check out what you're trying to accomplish with this, which I think is brilliant. Uh, what a great concept. Um, 52 cards in a deck, even though uh, I'm not playing with a full deck, but, you know, <laughs> we'll talk about that on another show. <laughs> oh, come on. I'm sure you are. I'm sure you're playing with a deck and a half or two decks at least. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mark. William, thank you so much for, for being with us and uh, continued good luck in everything that you do, uh, the martial arts, the, the filmmaking, uh, just being who you are and all that stuff. I will, we will, we will see each other on Facebook and hopefully maybe you'll show up at one of the events or come to one of my classes. That would be wonderful. Yes, sir. Sounds fun. All right. Uh, so for Plot Points Podcast, uh, thank you, William Christopher Ford. Thank you, Michelle Manu. This is Mark Sevy. As always, be inspired. <laughs> Do good work. <laughs>